Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This week, I am honored to be interviewing an ultra running legend. Junko Kazukawa uh, is an absolute staple to the ultra running community out here in Colorado. Uh, she is a fantastic human being and she's a fantastic runner and I'm extremely inspired by her and inspired by what she has been able to accomplish. Um, we're going to get into it in this episode, but she did the whole entire Leadville series uh, and also did the Grand Slam of Ultra Running in the same summer. She'll kind of tell stories from that. Um, this is how cool she is. I emailed her this morning to ask her for a picture for the podcast cover. And she emails me back that she's literally at a start line of a race right now. She's like, I'm at the start line. I don't get the best service, so I can't find, I'll just pull a picture off Facebook or Instagram. And I was like, of course she's at a race as we speak, which is so cool. Um, when we ran the uh, Desert Rats, what ended up being a 50K, it was a long story. Our, the 100K we were signed up for, unfortunately, got um, got changed because of a uh, like torrential downpour and this massive rainstorm in the desert there. Um, they rescheduled our uh, rescheduled it into the 50K the next day. And Junko ended up running the 50K and then adding a whole bunch of more miles at the Colorado Monument the, the uh, like later on in that afternoon. Um, and I'm just incredibly inspired by her. Uh, in this episode, we'll kind of talk about her story um, through her journey as an athlete and a runner. Uh, she's also battled cancer. Um, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, and and yeah, I'm just really excited for this episode. Uh, the story we start with is hilarious and awesome. And uh, yeah, let's just get right into it. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 340 with Junko Kazukawa. Junko, I've heard legendary stories about your ultra running, um, and I'm pretty sure uh, I've seen you at Leadville. I was sitting at Twin, uh, what's it called? Twin Lakes. Lake? Yeah, yeah, Twin Lake Aid Station. And I just remember you came through and it seemed like everybody at that aid station knew you which was so cool and it's not just like an aid station it's like uh there's thousands of people there cheering on and yes, every yeah. single person was cheering you on so it was so cool so <laughs> i'm honored to have you on the podcast so uh thanks for coming on thank you so much for having me yeah uh i will i, I don't know if we can start here but uh our mutual friend tim barr uh, I was texting him this morning, like, what should I ask Junko about? And he's like, you should ask her about the time her crew accidentally gave her like a sleeping pill in the middle right. of, uh, in the middle of Leadville. Right. <laughs> can you, can you tell that story? Yeah, sure. That's like a kind of famous story of, of my oh shit moment, you know, story. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that was my second, um, Leadville hundred, which was a 2012 okay. and, uh, 
I had all my, like, I had this team Junko. I have all lineup t-shirt and stuff like that. And then all those, my crew, uh, crew members are um, Japanese who live here, right? Yeah. So all my Japanese friends. And uh, so they live here for a while, but, you know, we speak Japanese in regular basis and something is culturally not really familiar with us, right? And so then, but anyway, we got to the Leville and uh, on a briefing, um, this medical director, he was keep saying like, okay, if you feel like a pain, you you can just suck it up and go through, or you can probably take a Tylenol, but not Advil. Yeah. Know, he was talking about that. So, oh shit, I only have Advil, you know? And then, so I asked my um, crew during run, maybe first, maybe 50 miles or so. And I told them like, would you mind to go to the store and get Tylenol? Because I may need something, you know, in the maybe my 50, my ankle is a little bit bothering me. Yeah. And it's okay, we'll get it. And then, so I got the 50 mile marker, uh, Winfield, and my crew was all there and say, can I have a, you know, the Tylenol? And then said, then my friend said, how many? And I said, oh, maybe two. So I, my hand, and I got a, two pills. It was blue, but I didn't really doubt anything. I, you know, culturally, I didn't know what the PM, you know, title PM does. <laughs> and so I just got throttled two pills and then just started running. And then I started to feel like sleepy, like from twin, uh, no, from Winfield to Twin Lake. Yeah, definitely. I started to feel like a little bit like, sleepy but you know i'm tired i'm usually get sleepy then after the twin lake to um the outward bound work started climbing in the evening my eyeballs started going backward and i feel oh, like no. so sleepy and i just can't open my eyes and then that time i have a um, pacer so i was keep telling you know him like i'm so sleepy i don't know what it is but i was keep moving it you know slow yeah. and I it's so hard. I'm just fighting with the sleepness. It's still light out. What's going on? You know, it was a it started getting darker, but you know, it wasn't really really dark yet. So I was too early to be, be this sleepy. And um, but he didn't say anything. It was keep going, and then uh, but still fighting with sleepness. Then I get to the outward bound. I think that was a fish hatchery that time. And then after that, I pick up another pacer, my good friend Yukiko, and uh, she was leading me and then going up on the power line. And I was like really, really sleepy. And I'm like <laughs> kind of started moving and I'm standing and sleeping like this in place. I'm like, oh, no. But she was like, Junko-san, keep going, keep going. And I said, Yukiko-san, can I have a five minutes just sit and close my eyes? I'm just like, I can't really, you know, stay awake. And she said, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that time she knew, you know, what I took. Yeah. So she pulled my arm and just kind of grabbed my arm and just Junko san, keep moving, keep moving. So I said, okay, you know, like just kind of like <laughs> tipping. But I was keep moving. I never stopped. And but my brain was just like gone, you know. Yeah. My probably eyeball is half, you know, like going up there. And <laughs> so then I passing through and like May Queen, I got another pacer and my good friend Hiro, he took over and then we were still going like, oh, you know, I'm so sleepy. I still can't shake it off. And he was keep telling me like, one, two, one, two. That means yeah. in Japanese, like, oh no, one, two, one, two is in, in English, sorry. Each knee, each knee, each knee, like you're marching, you know? And yeah. he was keep saying this like entire whole time. And I'm like, 
okay so really thankful you know and then after that it started to getting light out and i started to feeling a little bit you know energy and and my conscious back and i started running and finish and i'm like oh my god i finished it wasn't really bad time actually i probably did like a 28 little bit faster than first year to be honest (laughs) minutes or so then i'm like oh my gosh i finished then they all went to the hotel and i said i gotta sleep yeah everybody said okay that's fine then i put in my stuff down and then yukiko my you know friend she she said junko-san i have to tell you we're not supposed to tell you but i just you know can't hide it so i need to tell you i (laughs) i give you guys i know we give you a Tylenol PM instead of a regular one. That's why you were so sleepy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I started laughing so hard. You know, I finished and I was happy that. So I'm like, no wonder, you know, I wasn't yeah. sure why I was that sleepy. Yeah. And so that was my Tylenol PM story. It's really funny, uh, to be honest. Like, I didn't know it the whole time. And, but then I guess, you know, all of us, you know, live here for a while, but 10 p.m. a.m., we didn't know which one was. And yeah. then the guy who bought that from the store, actually on the shelf in Safeway, everything was gone, but the Tylenol p.m. was only left on the shelf. Yeah, and he was like, Everybody oh, Tylenol, it. we're good. Right. Yeah. yeah, so he <laughs> grabbed it. I still have the bottle. You know? <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the trophy. Right, yeah. yeah. That's so amazing. That's- that's my story for Thailand PM. So recommended or not recommended? In not recommended. <laughs> but the one thing is, I think I was sleeping most of the time and walking, and I didn't get any soreness next day. Yeah, there you yeah, go. I the was, Tylenol was, part worked. Right. I was probably relaxing and sleeping and walking at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Junka, I know you uh, just got back from Japan. So mm-hmm. can you yes. kind of tell us, like, how was that trip, you know, yeah. uh, going back and and going on some runs there like how was that for you yeah this time you know i've been uh let's say i'm from japan it's been a 30 some years ago you know so i live more years in us but i have family there so um i try to go back once for sure you know a couple times a year if i can so i my my, my mother passed away year 2019 right before covid so after that, I could not go home for, you know, mm. three years. Yeah. Then finally, I went last October to visit my sibling. And, you know, we have to do, uh, you know, bury my mom's ashes to the graveyard and stuff. So we did that last time. Then this time, the reason I went home was that all my clients, I have a lot of uh, personal training clients and coaching clients. Yeah. And a lot of them are taking a trip to somewhere, vacation. And yeah. then probably like... Six or seven people was gone at the same time. So I thought, well, maybe I should go too. <laughs> yeah. So that was the thing. So then I went to visit and that was a good visit, uh, good, great season. And I got to see uh, my high school friend and, you know, did a lot of running myself. I stopped at the Tokyo and little adventure trip for myself, you know, my myself, I just tried to explore a bunch of places yeah. and got to get together with my uh, my brother and my sister. So it was great. And I have a, this, another dream for the uh, my after retirement. 
Uh, I like to go back to Japan and live in the Northern Island, which is Hokkaido. Somewhere in Hokkaido, I wanted to have like a small, like a bed and breakfast service. Yeah. And then, um, you know, invite all my friends from the United States. I don't want to lose a connection. And uh, so invite people. So mountain area. So I think uh, the area I'm from is really known to be a really have a good snow, like a yeah. Japan powder is like Japao. And it's like known as like some of the best snow in the world, yes, right? Snow, yeah. And so, you know, a lot of uh, people go from here, you know, they told me that. And so I wanted to do something like a bed, bed and breakfast. Wintertime, I can take them ski. And summertime, I can take just a trail running or hiking. And then if you drive a little bit, there's a beach. It's great place, you know. So that that's amazing. my next dream. So I'm working on it. So my brother drive me around to some small city and down and stuff like that. So that was kind of one of the things. That so I you were kind of like scoping a little bit. Yeah, scoping. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I want to hear a little bit just about your your journey. I mean, you've you've been doing ultras, but not only ultras. Like I have to say, you did the Grand Slam of ultra running in. Mm -hmm the Leadville trail series all in the same summer, which is absolutely incredible. Um, but what like led you up to that point where you decided to take on that like epic challenge? Okay. Uh, I came to the States and then I studied exercise science. So I finished my master's in, in, you know, um, university. Um, so then after that, I started working as, you know, fitness specialist, um working on the but different settings you know like uh, I worked some like a rehabilitation facility or commercial fitness and uh, I did internship and uh, you know cardiac rehabilitation go through that and then I ended up in Denver more for the uh, commercial fitness so I was teaching a lot of classes and uh, a lot of boot camp and I was doing a lot of personal training. Yeah. Then um, I was running, you know, I was running for fun, 10K, half marathon. And then I did a marathon too. Then one of my friends was going to a lot of, uh, you know, marathon and Boston Marathon, New York Marathon. Yeah. So then I learned from her. Okay, Boston Marathon, you need to qualify to do this. It's a long time ago, you know. Yeah. And, and say, oh, how do I qualify? And then she's like, oh, let's go to Arizona and they qualify. Let's go together. So I'm like, oh yeah, you know. Then I was only be able to run like 15 miles, the longest run on the treadmill. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a fitness, so I can do it. So then I run uh, first marathon in Tucson um, marathon, and I did it. And then I finished decent time as first time. Yeah. And then I got qualified to go to Boston, but it was so hard. After I finished across the finish line, I'm like, I barely standing. I could not walk. I could not sit down. I'm like, just in place. I'm like, going like this, you know? <laughs> and then, so felt like really challenging. And I feel like, okay, if I really train well, and I can probably do, you know, a lot better than this time, you know, my goal yeah. 15, like I'm going to do it. Then after that, I you know, run a Boston Marathon, a New York Marathon, and, you know, a few years, I never got the better time than that, you know, my 327, you know, Dang. time at the first time. And That's I thought fast. Yeah, it was fast. Yeah. <laughs> Decent time. <laughs> and then, uh, but I never be able to like renew my um, PR for like at least a few years. 
And then I practice and run and, you know, kind of stuff, but I couldn't do it. So it's really hard. So I started running more marathon. Uh, sometime I run like five marathon in one year and then stop doing this. And, you know, after you do for a while, you feel like kind of want to do something different. And yeah. somebody took me to trail running. And then I'm like, ooh, this is really fun. And I love to climb the 14 at that time, you know, but then not running, just the hiking up. Yeah. So this is like combined of, you know, hiking and running at the same time and longer distance. It's really fun. So I find a really enjoyment doing trail running. And then if you go a little bit more distance, you know, it's more challenging. So started from there, I started running uh, more trail and about, um, I think I did like marathon distance, like Pikes Peak, you know, Ascent and both marathon. I have done that. And then I did fairly well. I won an age group and stuff. So then, you know, I heard about level 100 mountain bike race. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not a biker, but I'm a fit enough. I can do it. So then <laughs> I'm going to power through this mountain yeah, bike I'm, race. Yeah. I, I never, you know, DNF or anything. So I'm, I can do this. So <laughs> like do it this way. And but it's like, you know, really cocky, my attitude was. So then I was training really hard. And then, um, but right before the race, like I think two weeks prior to the first mountain bike race, I found a lump on my breast on the side. So then I thought, what's this? But I, even I'm sick, I never go to doctors, right? One of those. So yeah. I'm like, but I started feeling like, it's kind of weird. I feel like really weird feeling of it. And I asked my friend, what do you think? And my friend said, well, maybe you should go check. If nothing happened, that's great. But yeah. So I went to check, you know, with my doctor and then they found a lump in some abnormal cell and then they did all the testing and I'm like, oh shit, you know, what yeah. do I have? I'm sure it's cancer. So then they say, and yeah, breast cancer, right? But it's early stage, so, and then they say we need to book you schedule to do a surgery. I'm like, oh, can you wait two weeks? Not bike race, you know. But because I'm not sick or anything, right? Just find yeah. out. And then the doctor say, yes, you can do the race, but yeah. we we'll do a following week. So then I did that, but my my emotional stage was all mixed up, you know. Yeah. Then I was. A little bit cocky about this, you know, I can do this type of thing. So I did it, 12 hour cutoff for the mountain bike, like Bill 100. And I did a 12, 16 or something like that. Oh, no, you missed yeah, so it. Oh. I missed it. So then I got the medal to finish. Yeah, yeah, they will let you finish if you, you know, go through the before the cutoff. But when you finish, you're not officially finisher, but they give you a medal. But yeah, no, sir. Yeah. That. So I'm like, oh my God, first thing I ever, you know, did not finish. And I just feel really haunted really bad. Then yeah. I got surgery and everything and, you know, get that taken care of radiation for that time. Then that time I learned people run this hundred mile in Latvia. I'm like, what? You know, yeah. Anybody yeah. and this is so hard on the mountain bike and people run on this on foot, like, who do this, right? Yeah. So that was still small. Maybe 100 was still small a little bit. You don't have to get the lottery or anything like that. You can decide, you know, a few months down the road. So I started thinking about, okay, I want to do this someday, you know, but I need to do mountain bike to finish and just 
get all of it. Yeah. And the following year, I did 1100 again, mountain bike. Then I did more training, but I didn't really pass the 12 hour again. Yeah. No. So like, oh, this is not, you know, this is like, what is this? Right. So I said, okay, hold on, you know, just to then I started running more and then um, try running. So I did some 50 mile. Then um, probably the longest one is 50 mile once. Then uh, four years down, I went to check up and I feel like another lump, right? Yeah. And I, shit, you know, we'll check it out. Then second cancer, you know, was there. So this time is not, you know, easy. You need to do big surgery, mastectomy and, you know, chemotherapy and, and kind of stuff. So I was like, yes, okay, I'll have to do this. Yeah. But you know, I was pretty much positive in my head. You know, I'm not going to die from this, but just feel really like disappointed, you know, thing happened, no family history and I'm healthy and I eat well, you know, I teach people how to live healthy and I yeah. what's this, you know? Well, I know. So my wife had thyroid cancer when she was mm -hmm. 19 and she said the, the thing that was the craziest thing to try to deal with in her brain was like, this idea of like her body has turned on itself, you know, mm -hmm. like, and especially for someone who's, you know, in exercise science and, mm -hmm. and a trainer and, and so fit, you know, to mm -hmm. have something. And it's, you know, it's at seemingly random at times, you right. know, but she said that was really challenging in her brain to like kind of comprehend, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was suffering a little bit on my head, you know, like what's this and blah, yeah. blah. And it's going to be a big surgery. And I, you know, can I do this? And so, but anyway, I had a good support, you know, friend and everybody. And uh, of course, my my mom that time and my sister, my brother was in Japan. And I'm not going to, you know, let them come here. They can speak English and stuff. So, but I had a really great friend help me out entire whole time. Yeah. And um, so went through that. Then I'm like. After this, I I had a surgery like 2009, chemotherapy is done towards the end of 2009. So then I decided, okay, I need to do level 100 run if yeah. I you know want to do it because you don't know when when what's gonna happen to your life, you know. And life is short, you know. If you wait too long, I may not you know be able to do this. So I decided to enter you know, register everything. And I decided to raise the money for the, that time, Susan Coleman, you know, was big. And my friend helped me to raise in, you know, money. And so put pressure on myself to, you know, finish yeah. the world. I'm going to do this, raise the money for the good cause. So then I started doing this training and stuff. So that was my first hundred mile. Then after you do. Yeah. How did that feel though? Like, how did you handle the very first one? Yeah, really nervous. Yeah. But, you know, I I didn't really have a uh, hired a coach or anything, you know. I just did everything myself, but I researched what kind of, you know, uh, elevation gain, blah, blah, blah. And, and then 30-hour um, cutoff. So I would like to finish between 28 and 29. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to be too close, like 29, you know, the bracket will be just too risky. So... Target for 28, 29. And if worse comes, I have one above, right? So yeah. I started doing it and I made a really exact chart for each aid station to come through. So then I was really close to that 
and then ending up finished 28.30-ish. Okay. Know, target. So that, it was so much relief. Okay, I didn't really disappoint anybody, you yeah. know donated money i raised that and then just everything was feel good and then all my crew and friends you know pacer was like perfectly good and so i felt really good and excited about it then uh, of course you get hooked on it right yeah yeah <laughs> so then I how started- how long after you finished because i i mean you mentioned climbing 14ers and i've yes. had this experience where you get down and you're like i'm never climbing another 14er right. like my legs hurt my feet hurt <laughs> And then a day later, you're like, well, I should start looking again. You know, like yeah. how long after the 100 miler were you like, I think I want to do more of these? Pretty much right after. Yeah. <laughs> you know, after I finished, I feel like, oh, I, I did it and I can do it, you know? Yeah. I feel like I want to do better. So that's the thing. I can do better. I want to do better, you know? Yeah. So same as marathon. When I did the first marathon and I feel like I can do better, you know? Yeah. I, my training was not good, completed. So if I train, I will do better. So yeah. it comes out right away, you know? So yeah. I pretty much decided after I crossed the finish line, I'm going to do it again. You're and like, you know what will make me do better? Tylenol PM. Yes, this exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, that time uh, when you come through the finish line that everybody cheering and just happy. Yeah. And uh, you just get so excited and you just like, oh, you know, and you it's painful. But it's like sort of a good painful, you know, yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Addiction. And then every time if I'm not racing and like people racing and have suffering, I feel like I need the suffering, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm standing and cheering up and why I'm not there, you know, type of thing. Why so, do you why yeah. do you think that is? I'm I'm so curious about what we find through suffering in these like endurance challenges like what do you find through that yeah you know it's a good question i always think about that when i'm suffering i feel like why i'm doing this i pay for this why i'm doing this but you know as soon as you come through the finish line you feel like so good like 200 percent energetic and you feel really better and happy yeah. So I think once you experience the moment of happiness and you kind of feel like I want this, but in you know to get this, you need to go through this moment. Yeah. You know, rewarding, a reward. So definitely there's a people in the world, if you do one really bad, you know, um uh, pain or you know, too hard and after you finish, I'm not gonna do this again. Yeah. That's one thing too. But in that person probably didn't have, you know. Like, oh, after this pain, I had a really great feeling of accomplishment. Probably that person didn't have that moment, you know, good experience. But once you have this great moment of accomplishment and you just sort of addiction and then you feel like, oh, my potentially, I think I can do more. So like personal challenge. Yeah. And I'm pretty much like my personal challenge. I like something hard, right? somehow yeah and you know being a fitness you know for a long time you like this challenge so those things just like get addiction you know it's in good well i would say it's good addiction in some way yeah. sometimes it's not bad you know it's not good but and so i think that's what i have what i experience 
you know yeah you got yeah. the like the you have the adversity you mm -hmm. have the challenging times and that makes the accomplishment feels so much better because you're like i right. i was able to push through that really right. hard yeah. time yeah and then there's a potentially i can push a little bit more harder yeah yeah and then you kind of want to go unknown like limit my personal limit what is my limit you know so yeah. i'm just seeking for that you know when i would say i can't do it anymore you know yeah so those moments just kind of crazy in a way but i think that's what it so after the cancer, you know, I went through this hundred mile and I did it. And then next year I did again. Then I tried to do each year something a little bit more each year. Yeah. Challenge. So level 100 was hard enough the first year. Then second year I did a level 100 and something else. I forgot what it was. Always like this is something 200 miles or mountain yeah. bike. I think yeah. I did mountain bike. Yeah. Then I finally finished, you know, under you know, 12, like 12 hours and 50 some minutes. Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> so something like that. Then comes to 2014, I decided I'm going to do Let Man, right? I'm going to do this whole thing a little bit, Let Feel. So then I did a Boston Marathon and I did the Mount Fuji race in a, yeah. like three weeks, uh, two weeks or two weeks later or a week later, I forgot. Yeah, week later, I did a Boston Marathon. I get on the airplane, went to Japan, and my first hundred mile race. Then that's crazy enough. Then I did, you know, Let Man. Yeah. Then, so that was good. Then, <laughs> so I was uh, I was really lucky to be able to get into Western State. So when people get into Western State, people wanted to do a Grand Slam. Yeah. Because that was that. Hard, hard to get in Western State. So I got it. Then, but that time it was easy for people to be able to get in last three, like Vermont, Leville, and then Wasatch, if you decided to do Grand Slam. Yeah. And they that time. But now, no, you know, you have to go through the lottery too. So I decided and I paid money to do a, a Grand Slam. And I told, you know, told them, oh, race director, I'm doing a, you know, Grand Slam. So let me in. So they let me in. So then I decided, oh, it's, since I'm doing 1100, why not let woman too again? I started <laughs> thinking about it. Then I was like, oh, no, it's too much. And all my friends said, Junko. Grand Sam is not joke, you know. Yeah. You just want to do. You ending up not finishing anything. So I'm like, okay, but they're like Junko, chill out yeah. for a second. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like, okay. And then then another friend, uh, he used to come in my spin class, and uh, he's he's like super athlete uh, max, you know. And he does limit every single year. He was talking to me like, oh, hey Junko, well I don't think nobody finishes. Grand Slam and Let Man at the same time. <laughs> Why not? He was yeah. like, that. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I just kind of convinced by him and like, you know, let's try it. And then I look at the map, map out the, all those dates. There's no conflict, right? So I'm like, okay. So I enter. But, you know, some of my friends came up to me like, okay, you just chill out. You can't do both. You know, it's not really... It's you know you need to finish either or like yeah said, yeah don't worry about it my priority is Grand Slam if I feel really tired I can't handle anything and I will throw away the rest of you know yeah. so no yeah. problem right? 
So then, but in my head, I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. I'm not winning a race. I'm just want to finish all. So then when I look at it, training plan wise, if I train really hard to be able to run hundred miles by Western state from that, you just need to keep maintenance, you know, your fitness and condition, and then your bike, you know, make sure your bike is good. So my running shape is all there. So just need to, you know, refresh a bike. So it was good. Actually, it was good. It feeds that, you know, all those race feeds to the next race. Yeah. Getting stronger and stronger. So it worked out good. Were any of them ever like in doubt? You know, like when you're in the middle of the race, did any of it like, oh, I might not be able to finish this one? Well, uh, only one second race was at Vermont. And mm. that was in, uh, I think it's the beginning of June or sometime in June. And Vermont is easiest in a full you know grand slam because it's sort of flat you know yeah i had this heart condition i didn't really know but my tachycardia like once in a while it's like um you know super ventricular tachycardia occasionally happen but you don't know when it's gonna happen it yeah happened at mile nine Mm. And I didn't know how to stop beating really fast, like really like this. So you cannot go up a hill, like, just like, you know, yeah. but it's not a life threatening kind of thing, you know, I heard. And so I was trying to fight it and try to get my heart rate down, but it didn't go down for like 13, 13 hours. Wow. I was suffering the whole time and I couldn't run. So I'm walking, you know, and I'm like, well, but I just have to finish in order to do this whole, you know, grand slam. And so I was keep going. And after maybe 13 hours passed and I started to feel like, okay, my heart rate control. But that time I haven't been able to eat or drink and just suffering. So wow. I exhausted. Then I started vomiting really hard. So uh, I finished it kind of decent time, 27 something out of 30, 30 hour cutoff. But I was shooting for like 25 hour finish. So, but for why I'm like, am I going to be able to finish this? Yeah. Yeah. That was really hard. It just kind of passed my head. But, but I just kind of, you know, feel like I'm not going to quit. You know, it's going to be okay. So, what gives you that uh, mindset? You know, like a lot of people probably would be like, I'm definitely quitting. Like, this is horrible. I guess I'm probably like stubborn in a way. And about come to some pain for myself and and then stubborn and just stupid, I guess. You know, <laughs> I mean sometimes you know people can die from it, probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not knowing, but now I know. And now if if that happened, I find a, a way to control my heart to go down. And but that time I didn't know, so I suffered through and I yeah. didn't want to tell anybody, to be honest, because I don't want anybody to, you know, pull me down to like you can't go anymore or something. Yeah, yeah like i'm okay you know yeah yeah so that was really that's really scary though i've i've found like in the past like when i've had certain heart things Mm -hmm. if something weird happens you start thinking about it and then it makes it worse because now you're like mildly freaking out right am i gonna pass out yeah yeah it's just weird and you have to like somehow calm yourself down i don't know yeah So somehow I kind of calmed myself through and then that was right on my birthday. And I thought, I'm not going to die on birthday. I'm going to just do it, you know? So then, yeah, when I finished, well, when when I had to control my heart rate, I was like exhausted, but you know, since the heart is okay, you know, I can do this. 
So yeah. last maybe five, six miles, I, I run to really like, you know, I'm going to just save my time. So I started running really fast. And so I was able to, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it was a freaky moment. Yeah. Then, um, you know, Grand Slam last one, after I finished level, and I had one more, which was the last of Grand Slam, Wasatch. It was so hard. It was long and so hard and hot and all kind of stuff. And I know I'm going to finish. And and then at that time, Grand Slam, all those female was like quit it or disqualify or something. There was like, I don't know how many people, maybe 10 people, woman was doing the Grand Slam. Everybody is kind of started to leave, like disqualify. So only two women left, me and another lady. You know? Yeah. From Colorado, so she and I were both running, and then I was like, "It's an accumulation of four races, time, right?" Yeah. So winner, and I'm usually not like you know winner, or I don't really care. It's maybe I fight with my, you know, against my time. Yeah. But then at the time, my crew and my friend was like, "I think you might be, you know, two of them. Maybe I'm a little bit leading, you know." Yeah. And I said, like, oh, really? So I'm like, I don't know how long. So I'm like, okay, we got to go. And then <laughs> at one, one point she passed me at one aid station. Yeah. And then I'm like, I think accumulation of all, of all, I might be a little bit ahead, but I really have no idea. So then after that point, I'm like, okay, okay that was my pacer. We're going to go. She passed me. So yeah. I stopped running really fast. <laughs> Luckily, that was downhill. And I really love downhill. And I was like, started passing people and like, why? You know? Yeah. And after all, I finished and yeah, I kind of won the Grand Slam for female section. <laughs> no way. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm like, oh, you know, I did it. And then um, at the end, there was like, I don't know, maybe a 15 overall people left, like remain to finish all, you know, for, and then most of it like drop out or, you know, didn't make a cutoff and stuff. So 14 or 15 finisher, men and women both together. And I think I was in the middle. So yeah. I was like really happy, you know? Yeah. So last race was sort of kind of challenging hard. Yeah. Yeah. To the finish, like, you you know, you can hear the cheering. It's almost done, but you, you can't really see the finish line. You just keep going and winding road and like, just like, where is the finish line? <laughs> I was like, like mad at it, you know? And yeah. I was finding my pacer. Where is the finish line? How long do I have? I was keep complaining about it. Well, and also like, you know, having finished all of the other events up until that point, it just adds pressure, like more right. and more pressure on yourself because you're like, I don't want to mess this one up. This is the last exactly. one. Yeah. You need to finish in good, good term, you know? Yeah. 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 That's so, amazing. So that finished after Leadville. Or, after Leadville. Or, oh, yeah, gotcha. Leadville. So you already had all that in the bag. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So. There was only one left. So I'm like, I got to finish. And it was hard race. Yeah, that's the crazy. That's uh I mean, that's such a huge, like insane summer. Uh mm -hmm. what did you after that? Like, you know, obviously you've continued on and done all these other amazing ultra events. Like yeah. what how did it go from there? Yeah, from there, you know, of course I think I took some time off to relax, you know, recovery. Yeah. And then um, in the fall, I probably, I don't know what I did in the fall, but I did something, small race here and there. And then, uh, then you know, you started to thinking about the following year, what am I going to do, right? 
Yeah. So I've been kind of adding the challenge to here, a little bit more challenge, a little bit more challenge, a little bit more challenge, you know? So that's 2005. I don't remember exactly what I did for 2006, but I think I did a UTMB as a first time. Yeah. Yeah. And then I attempt to climb the Mont Blanc after that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I saw that. I wanted to ask you about that. So running UTMB, but then yeah. climbing Mount Blanc, like right. how do you compare those two? Yeah. I mean, I was pretty much for sure. I don't have any time. I mean, I don't have any problem recovering. It's just, you know, I finished UTMB, then you sleep one day and next day I, uh, I meet with my guide and take off the next day. Yeah. So no time to, you know, but I know it's really exciting and I love doing this. So I was all excited about it. And then, but it's a, you know, guided, you know, like, glacier climbing with the you know um harness and you know ice sacks and crampons and everything and staying a you know refugee in two or three nights in there so um really excited but that summer was extremely hot in chamonix Mm. so really dangerous that um glacier melt and then cracking and down and a lot of a climber has been rescued by helicopter that time yeah. So we did a few like, you know, a uh, little practice climb in the Gracia, then stay in the hut and stuff. But in an actual climbing day, ascent day, guide was um like talking each other and like really seriously, you know, what happened, you know, and then yeah. it's been really bad on Gracia breaking. So I don't know if it's safe enough to go. And eleven, you know, climber got a rescue uh, by helicopter. So we just have to see. But then they say well, we're going to go. So we go, right? And take a gondola up to the, you know, first climb. Then during gondola, uh, gondola ride, and then they're like talking too. And then they'll keep calling. They say, okay, this is dangerous. Yeah. There's two choices. We can go, go somewhere else to climb, and one night staying somewhere, or yeah. you can not do anything. And then you can come back next year to get the credit for it. Okay. I'm there, you know, I want to do something. So I did like two nights, some climbing on the glacier and some of the rock climbing stuff. It was kind of fun. Yeah. So I did that. And uh, so I couldn't summit it for the Mont Blanc that year. Yeah. But uh, four year, two years later, I did another time, like, you know, uh, UTMB second time I went there. Then I summited right after that's amazing yeah it was really fun i liked it yeah what's uh just real quick um i want to hear you know you're out in colorado we we have all the 14ers out here and stuff um what's your favorite i mean maybe it's mount blanc but what's your favorite mountain you've been able to go up do you have one yeah right so in colorado you know i've been i think i did like 38 14ers so far And then, but, you know, different kind, right? So out of 50 something. And then, um, but always I used to train for the Levy or whatever. And then like Mount Massive and Mount uh, Albert thing, you know, go in high altitude. So I do a lot of those. And, uh, but in my favorite, it's hard to say, I've done just like on the South. Yeah, I've been in the South, like, uh, you know, what is my favorite? I was like, there's a, um, well, like, um, 
North and South, South, um, one in uh, uh, Aspen. What is that one? Oh, Maroon. The Home Bell. Yeah, it was. It was really good, but it was. Really oh yeah, good. that was I mine too. It. Yeah, I did South yeah, Maroon right? with a buddy, and yeah. I was basically like, "Hey, man, I'll climb up to the point where it gets sketchy, and then I'll uh -huh. just sit down on a rock and wait for you." Right. And yeah. Once we got up there, it wasn't as bad as I thought. It was still scary yes. and kind of terrifying, but it wasn't yeah. as bad as I was building it up in my mind. Mm. Um, and so we made it up that. So that's for me, that was my favorite one because I was like way outside of my comfort yes. zone. Yeah. It was yeah, one sketchy area that, you know, I was two, with the two girls, two Japanese girls. They're really younger than me and they're really brave on, on the scary, you know, part of yeah. it. I'm like getting like a little scared. Like, and then... <laughs> I was like, uh, it's like, you know, but in, now I started thinking it was a little bit stupid. It could be a 50-50 I can fall down to, you mm -hmm. know, there's a little bit sketchy area that you have to kind of go through and, you know? Yeah. And, um, but, um, it would really scare me. And, but when you get up on the top, it was really such a, you know, beautiful day and that's great. And so I did a both south and, you know, really like root finding is another one, you know, really tough on that. Yeah. yeah but, um, what is that one? Um, uh, Blanca. Okay. Yeah, and then around there, I had an amazing climbing too. You know, it's um, really beautiful. It's long climb, but it was really fun. And then uh, Mount Sniffle. We were, okay. Like, yeah, and those area. There's a lot more on the like you know Silverton UA area that I wanted to climb, but it's all class four. Yeah. And then a lot of times during pandemic, I just drove myself. And then on Saturday afternoon, and I spend the night in the car. Next morning, I climb. And yeah. then Tim and I did one time too. But uh, I've done so many on the journey pandemic and solo climbing. I go by myself. So maybe up to class three, I was yeah. able to go. But yeah. after that, it gets a little sketchy. So, mm, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm totally, I've probably done... I don't know, maybe like 16 or 17. And yeah. yeah, the the sketchier ones for sure, I'm definitely intimidated by at this point. Like a capital, right? Capitals? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You have to go knife edge. Yeah. That one, I don't know if I can make it, to be honest. But yeah. if I have a really great friend that, you know, trust each other, maybe, you know, so I'm like getting old, more fear. So <laughs> my friend told me that one actually, um, the rock is more solid because maroon bells that rock is all crumbly yes. and whatnot yeah. and he said that one your footing is solid it's just really exposed and right. terrifying and yeah. i know oh. a lot of people get in trouble because they cross it once right. and then summit and then on the way back they're freaked out by it and right. don't want to do it again yeah definitely and then little bear that was really sketchy too yeah, yeah. And people like going like hourglass, really like smooth rock. So it's yeah. hard to climb it. Then we're waiting till people coming down because it's like falling rocks. You know, you have a helmet on, but you have to wait till people come down. So then we go up. There's like three people with roping and, you know, they look like he's a really expert on that. But then they told me the story. They came up after five years of first climb, this same trail. One of his friends died was climbing and just grabbed that one rock freaky thing happened it just went through like no this. way fell down and die oh my so god then they say you know we'll try to you know celebrate his life and yeah after five years, we just 
tried to climb again. Yeah. So I heard that story. I'm like, oh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I was really sketchy. So it, we really have to be careful in that, you know? For, for sure. Um, That is, that's kind of, that's scary for me, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'm a fan of heights. I just don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like do, to be. Yeah, I would love to be like, yeah, yeah exactly. Top of mountain. <laughs> um, I want to hear one more story. Sure. And um, so you're gonna have to kind of tell me about this. So I'm gonna see if I can pronounce this right. But the Ultra Fjord 100 in right. Patagonia. Yeah. You had to go through 30 miles of mud, just right. like up to your like your legs are sinking in the mud. Yes. Can you yeah. Tell me a little and bit about that. Yes, and I know you know what this race looked like, but I really wanted to go Patagonia. Yeah, and, and luckily one of my friends was you know like on and like oh we go you know so, and uh, so when I studied the course and it's like I think I went like maybe a third annual or something like you know okay. new race, and then every time they like weather gets bad and then. Um, these are two times they have to cut the uh, course short instead of 100 miles yeah. and then to, you know, certain like maybe 100K or really the best section of Glacier part, you know, they have to cut because of storm. Mm. And then year before I went, some uh, ultra runner from Mexico died on it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How? I think middle of the night, he went through, he got lost a little bit and then that Glacier part and then got storm came and he slept you know, like slip, slept in and die. Wow. Basically. Yeah, something like that. So I read all the story and some people told me, you know, it's like you have to go through in the mud for like 20, 30 miles. Yeah. And then it was weather and everything. But I'm like, yeah. Right? <laughs> You're like, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I love mountaineering part of it too. So I'm like, I have to go through the glacier. Yeah, yeah. And then so... I wasn't really afraid of anything like that, but I know the mud will be one of those. And then mark marking, course marking may be sketchy. Yeah. And that was the most thing that I worry about because I get lost easily. I'm not good on the direction, you know, yeah. so I need to have a really good marker. So, but um, yeah, I, you know, you start it out, you have to go through the big pond and it's up to my waist or a little bit above my waist in the middle of the night. And then there's not clear marker you have to go through and from here to there. And I saw that marker, we follow the marker and then all of a sudden it disappeared. I'm like, where are we going to go? <laughs> and then luckily I was with another two uh, guy. One guy was, I went with, with him. He's a Japanese guy. There's another guy from Japan. I didn't know him, but three of us were same time. And like, I think we have to cross. So we go cross up here. If I yeah. was by myself, I don't know what I did. Yeah. I, I never think I have to cross that. So up to my here in the middle of the night and it's no rope or anything. You climb, you know, go cross. Then after that, you run. And sometimes you kind of don't see like marker for miles and miles. And I feel like, am I in the right place? Yeah. Then suddenly you see it. And then there's some mistake on the, you know, um, like marker too. So it's really challenging. But, you know, Patagonia, like in Chile, you can't ask because they don't have it, you know, they don't have the stuff. Yeah. So even like a station, they might have like a little chocolate bar and then just the apple, you know, not yeah. cut, not washed. So that's the only thing you get. One little section you go and then it is like, mon like mountain house. They have a soup, 
that's probably it. You know, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't, you can't ask for it because they don't have it, you know, yeah. and, but it's okay. You accept as is, right. Yeah. And I like the challenge anyway. So, um, it was good and muddy and I lost my gator and I didn't know until I come out of uh, my mud and like, Oh, I lost my gator. What is it? You know, somewhere <laughs> along the way. And then after that you go through and then all suddenly I lost, I can, I think I got lost. I was all by myself. Yeah. And then I see Marco for like miles and miles. And I'm like, Oh shit, what am I going to do? So I climb up on the little Hills. Yeah. It's like bushwalking, but it's really steep. So you grab the trees and go up and looking around like this. Yeah. And then also, I don't really say it, but I see the little creek. And then all of a sudden I heard a noise and I look and then there's another guy doing the same thing with me. And we look at the, I think he's a Spanish speaking guy. So we're like, are we lost? Like, yeah. So we came down together and then we have to cross that little creek. Yeah. So, right. And then you passed it and then you have to cross like a big field of a cow. And then yeah. the cow is so huge, like your face is this big, and you have to go across it. And then um, there's wire; you have to go through under it. You know, that's amazing. Just like this, you know, it won't happen in the United States. Yeah, but all markers and something will, you know, make it us to go easier. But you have to go. And then so there's a lot of uh, people from Chile. There's like three or four guys running together. They help me, you know, carry my backpack, pull me out, and then yeah get lost and they say hey hey you know like they i saw that wild skunk on the side and they're like whoa you know one of those and just amazing experience it's a little bit different than you know any other races and uh yeah so that was really great like experience and then i actually got the second place over all female because a lot of people decided to quit (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why you're facing cows and going under fences and skunks <laughs> yeah. and stuff. You know, it was so. And then a lot of times in a middle race, I went by myself. It was a fairly small race. Yeah. So, but then I just put you know music sometime if I'm alone, and just like look at the stars. So beautiful. There's no lights, nothing. You know, yeah. wild, and just like going out. And finally, I find somebody, and I try to catch up and just carry a conversation and. Yeah. It was really great. That's one of the memorable and then beautiful pictures. Yeah. You know, that official people was there and taking other pictures. It's a beautiful, beautiful pictures. So someday I wanted to go back someday. Yeah. And I think they changed that living a course to more like a little bit more challenging or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so that's so cool. Junko, where can uh like if people are interested, like you're a tr- you do like training out here and everything mm. like where can people go and kind of like support you or if they're interested in in getting you on board or whatever my my own training or my yeah my training either well, one okay i train um you know my job is to uh, train people like personal training and i do coaching through the boundless so I have a lot of uh, athletes I, I coach. So sometimes I, you know, run with, if they are local, I run on the weekend with them, you know, yeah. Sunday and run. So if somebody wanted to join me, definitely, you know, pace can be, if people are really fast, you know, it can be really slow sometimes and kind of wait and stuff. But it's, you know, um, it's good to meet people to get out there. You know, if you're training by yourself, like, oh, I think I'm going to skip today, you know, so it won't happen, right? Yeah. And then uh, stuff like this. So, and then uh, if they want to, you know, have some more service from me, you can find me on the boundless. 
And then, or, you know, JunkoMountainTraining.com, I do personal training and people for a bunch of different, you know, reason like uh, fitness to, you know, just general fitness, weight loss. But I train a lot of um, athletes as well, yeah. like, ultra, you know, ultra runner. That's kind of my passion, you know? Yeah. So I like that. So, you know, I recently changed the, um, my kind of working little environment. So, you know, you don't have to be a member of a certain club, anything like that. So if they want to do one or two, you know, I can do that too. So uh, at the meantime, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, you know, if you're looking, you know, people to run or something. And if you're there interested to run on the weekend and I need to run with the team as well. He was, he and I just said, oh, run together but we haven't been able to so you yeah. know stuff like this so he's yeah. on his way to western states he's yes. getting ready for that so right. uh yeah that's Are you he, going still? uh i'm not going no but i i run with him every wednesday morning and oh, good. uh yeah he's so psyched for that i'm very excited oh, for him he'll do well I know. I know he will. Yeah, yeah he's he's yeah. a beast. But anyways, thank you, Junko. Thank you so much yes. for coming on thank the podcast. So like much. I really appreciated uh just hearing your stories and all of that. So uh yeah, thank you. I'd love to have you back on at some point for sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I would uh I need to watch your video too, like <laughs> your YouTube thing about oh. the you know, yeah, I yeah. still haven't but definitely I heard a good thing about that film. So yeah, Tim does okay in it. Tim does okay in it. Yeah, you know, right. That's good. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll we'll catch up with you again soon. Yes. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. That wraps up this week's episode of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Uh, once again, huge thanks to Junko. Uh, I'm very grateful that I was able to sit down and chat with her. Uh, like I said, she is a staple to the ultra running community out here in Colorado and and across the United States. Honestly, she's so inspirational and wonderful and just an awesome, awesome human being that I've been lucky enough to meet um, recently and, you know, be able to have this podcast, this platform to sit down and and connect. So um so thank you for coming on the show, Junko. I hope you have an amazing summer ultra running season, including the race that you're racing literally right now as I'm recording the outro. Uh, um, I I hope that goes well, and I'm a huge fan and and all of that. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of wanted to bring this up. So I just spent uh, the whole week. So the last two weeks, my kids had a summer camp up in Netherland, Colorado, which is kind of like 40 minutes up the uh through the canyon in boulder uh west of boulder it's kind of you're getting to the giant mountains like right at netherland it's kind of like the base of the indian peaks wilderness and things like that and the james peak wilderness um it is wonderful it is a magical place of just thousands seemingly thousands of miles of trails just moose around every corner which is very you know moose are very can be a very dangerous animal out here. They're giant. They can be aggressive. So be careful around moose. Give them the respect. They're the king of the forest. Um, and we got to respect that. But uh, I had an amazing week and I kind of, or amazing two weeks, and I kind of had two different experiences. So the first week was me. I dropped my kids off at camp. I'd go out for hours and hours and hours by myself, um, which was wonderful. It was what I needed at the time, first few weeks of summer. 
and simply just like a refreshment to my soul. Um, and this week, my dad was out here. So uh, we actually took my youngest daughter, the four-year-old, and we had grandpa and four-year-old and dad time for the whole week while the other two were at camp. And there's just something when you take everything else away, all the other distractions, and you're just sitting outside. And we took her fishing. We took her just wandering around. And we probably did like this mile hike around this little lake up there. And it may have taken us two hours because she just kept stopping and finding rocks to look at and collect and all this stuff. And there's this wonderment that you see in a kid's eyes from just being out in nature and just being amongst the trees and the rocks and the dirt and the bugs. Sometimes they're not huge fans of bugs. But it's awesome to like get them to see these different parts of the world around them. Um, and obviously, to me, it's a huge, important part of my life to get the kids out as often as I can um, out into nature. And I don't know, for some reason, just bringing my four-year-old out there was just this wonderful reminder. And I thought about what it meant to me as you know, an adult to have these three generations out there together, kind of exploring and just spending a week together. And it was absolutely magical. I loved it so much. And I just think these experiences are the ones that are the most important ones that we have. So uh, hopefully you all have some big plans for some summer adventures maybe some summer exploration but i don't i don't really know what the point of this outro is except to say just go outside it'll be good for you it'll be good for your kids it'll be good for your family just go outside and even if you have no goal in mind even if you're like we're just gonna stay in this one area for like in a few hours and we're just gonna see just experience the area i think it's it's so incredibly important so um, and that wraps up the episode. Please check out all of Junko's uh, links that she mentioned. And uh, we will get back at you next week.